coming at you from Chesterfield, Virginia. It's Brendan Miller, Robert Durazio, and here's where you're wrong. Welcome back, guys. It's Here's Where You're Wrong. I'm here with my co-host, Robbie. Robbie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great day today, ladies and gentlemen. Great day. It's very nice outside, you know. Here's the thing about Virginia. Today, it's going to be 72 degrees outside, and then this weekend, it's going to snow 3 to 5 inches. It's just crazy weather. Are you ready to dive into it? Let's talk a little bit about Dirk Nowinski here. Becomes one of only six players to hit 30,000 points. Those players include Karl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, and Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, those are the players you think are the best players of all time in that list right there. Mm -hmm. He's 38 years old. He's the first international player to ever do so. When you think about Dirk Nowinski, Brennan, I think a guy that he changed the game. First big man that really shot the ball, spread for best big man shooter of all time. Is he in your top 10 list of all time? I think there's too many good guys in the top 10. When you think of top 10, you think of guys like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, big guys like that, Shaquille O'Neal, Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Hakeem Olajuwon. You can even throw a little Karl Malone or Tim Duncan or Oscar Robertson, Charles Barkley, Dwayne Wade, Julius Irvin. Do you see here those guys I just said? When you think of those guys, you're not thinking of Dirk Nowinski. All respect to Dirk Nowinski. He's a great international First basketball. ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. He's a great international basketball player, but he's just not top 10. Top 10, when I think of top 10 basketball players of all time, I'm not thinking of Dirk Nowinski. I think you could definitely put an argument of Dirk in there, though. I mean, you got to admit. I wouldn't put him in my top 10 just because, I mean, like you said, there's so many players out there that you can, that you can put into your top 10. Right. But internationally, he, he, he's definitely the best, I think. I don't even know if he's my best power forward of all time. Because of Tim Duncan. And that's a tough match right there. But I think I think Tim Duncan would overcome Dirk Nowinski. He's definitely the best shooter of a big man ever. I mean, the guy's seven foot tall. And he's shooting outside the arc just under 40% throughout his career. He shoots up way above 40% when it comes to two-pointers. He's a great shooter. And he can attack the rim. Take a guy off his feet. Would you put him ahead of Karl Malone? Karl mm, Malone... He scored 30,000 points. He had help along doing it with doing it. but I think Durst had some help, too. He's had some great, great players on his team. I mean, Jason Terry, three-point shooter, remember when he was right. on the team? I mean, Dirk has won an NBA title, something Karl Malone has not right. done. Right, and that's why I think Dirk might have the edge there because of that NBA championship. The rings mean a lot when it comes to legacy. This guy is a first battle Hall of Famer, as you said. But when it comes to legacy, a ring helps, and Dirk's got that one ring. I don't know if he, he won't get two. He won't get two by the end of his career. But two definitely would have helped put him in this top 10, top 15 race. And this guy's definitely top 10, top 20 all time. But top 10 is something something only the best of all time. Definitely, definitely. Well, another huge story. Russell Westbrook, 58 points, a career high, and they still couldn't win. I I mean, I'm shocked. When you when you put up 58 points, it's almost a surefire win, especially an MVP candidate. He's like the last Russell guy Westbrook. to score over 50 and lose since Kobe Bryant did it back in 2006, 2007 with the Lakers. I mean, are you worried about this Thunder team? I know they're seven games up on, on making the playoffs, but I'm a little worried that they're not even going to make the playoffs if they keep this up. Losing to Portland twice in a row? This team's on a rough patch right now. I know there's not many games left in the season, but when you lose four games in a row, it's got to cause for concern, especially – when those teams are Portland, Phoenix, Average Dallas teams. is pretty good. but Average teams. Portland again? I mean, how do you feel about that? 
Obviously, I'm a Thunder fan, so I'm upset about it. I don't think we should have lost any of those games. Matter of fact, when I looked at this point in the schedule, I was like, all right, we're going to make a run. We're going to push for that possibly even four seed. After beating the Jazz the other day, we looked pretty good. But now we lose four straight. Russell Westbrook has 58, and we still have the loss. It's just been a rough streak for the Thunder. We have an opportunity to come back tonight play the Spurs. And the Spurs are a very good team in the West. Possibly could get the one seed in the West. I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold prediction right here. I'm going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder do not make the playoffs. That's I wrong. Think, I think the Dallas Mavericks are a team that's going to get really hot. I think either Denver or Portland will go ahead of the Oklahoma I mean, City Thunder. They're six team. games up. They're six games up right now from the eighth spot. And they they're, continually lose. And you play in San Antonio tonight, that's a for sure loss. You don't know that. You don't know that. I mean, they already beat Utah. They already beat Utah. You have to look at the schedule, too. I know they beat Utah, but I don't think they're going to beat them again. Not two times in a row. Definitely not. The only for sure win, I think, in this month, there's only two. I think you got, they play Brooklyn March 14th, and then you play Orlando March 29th. Maybe you give March 22nd against Philadelphia. Sacramento. Sacramento can beat Oklahoma City. I think they can. And Come on. This team, I love. That's I think Dallas is going on a big. I think Dallas is going to go on a big run. I mean, I think the Dallas Dallas Mavericks can get they've the won eight three seed. straight, and you got to give Dame Dame a little, a little bit of credit as well. I think he's going to lead that team to a to a playoff berth. And there's not that many playoff spots in the in the West, Rob. There's not there's only I think seven spots. right now. There's only I think two up for grabs, and Oklahoma City's one of them. No, there's six games up. From what the can eight Russell seed. Westbrook do? I mean, the man's scoring 58 points, and they still can't win a game. They are something like twenty and four when he has a triple double. He but has, they didn't win when he had fifty eight. He didn't points. have a triple double. It doesn't matter. I mean, he had a different kind of dominant game. But if he dominates if a game teams, like when he has a triple double, I don't know that anybody can play with him when he's dishing the ball, getting other players involved. I mean, who else can score on that team? Victor, Victor Oladipo, Oladipo. He's and the his only Cantor. one. And his Cantor. And his Cantor. And his Cantor is a, tr- a double-double guy right off the bench, automatically. He's not a good defender at all. No. That's his biggest flaw. I mean, he can score a little bit. But this Oklahoma City team gave up 126 points to Portland. I know it's a good offense, 55% shooting. This defense is is not, I don't think, is as good. I mean, they have Andre Roberson who's a pretty good perimeter Victor defender. Victor Oladipo is a good perimeter defender, too. He's okay, but, I mean, you got to look off the Steven bench. Steven Adams. Doug McDermott's the... not a good perimeter no. defender. Uh, you can't guard him the post Everyone if you're in his Cantor. Role. DeMontis Abonis not a great defender. I mean, this team's going to get Adams. lit off on the field. And Russell Westbrook. Steven Adams is a great low post defender. He's a pretty good low I wouldn't say Taj great. Gibson. I wouldn't say Taj great. Gibson. He's a, more of a rebounder, not a great low post defender. I'm. That's my bold prediction, I think. You know, if you look at this Oklahoma City Thunder Dig team, me. you score 58 points. You can't get the job done against Portland. Very inconsistent team this year at home. I think they're going on a huge losing streak. I think they're going to be out of the playoffs because Dallas – the additions that they made, I think they're going to push to a playoff push. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going to beat the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Oh, heck no. They're going to beat the Utah Jazz on Saturday. They're going to beat the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday. I mean, on Thursday. And roll over Brooklyn on Tuesday. You understand all San Antonio has to do is put Kawhi Leonard on Russell Westbrook, and he's not going to go off for that money points. I mean, he, he can't he shut him to. down. But he doesn't need to go off for that many points, Robbie. There's nobody else on that team that is going to be a reliable enough score to lead them to a victory, especially against a San Antonio team. If Russell Westbrook has 16 assists in a game, he's not going to do they're that. Not they're not losing. They're not going to do that. They're not losing. I mean, who did, Victor Oladipo, not the greatest jump shooter in the world. Andre Roberson, not Consistent. a great jump shooter. Andre Roberson is an awful jump shooter. I don't even. He should not put the ball towards the basket. The only jump shooter I see on that team right now is Doug McDermott, and he hasn't done anything since he's arrived there. So Russell Westbrook driving time. into the paint, kicking out the three-point shooters that can't. 
can't make shots. This team, they're they're down. Doug McDermott is open. I trust him with that jump shot. Victor Oladipo open. I trust him with that jump shot. Andre Roberson, no. You just pass the ball. I don't care if any no one is around you. You pass the ball. This Oklahoma City team, I I know you're a big fan, and that's probably why you think they're gonna make it there, but. I just don't think they can make it. My fandom aside, Robbie, you've still got to realize that there's six games up. There yes, is not I that many games that. left in the NBA season to where they can fall six games back. I think there is if you have a hot team like uh, Dallas and you have a cold team like Oklahoma City. I mean, Dallas is going to – they're going to get up there fast. And I love Dallas. I don't know about you, but I'm loving their team. Seth Curry's a great three-point shooter. Harrison Barnes, great small forward this year. This team's complete. I mean, honestly – um, Nerlens Noel, the addition of Nerlens Noel as yeah, a defensive a presence, this team is dangerous. They're not going to lose many games, I don't think, for the rest of the season. And if Oklahoma City continues to lose as many games as they do, then I think they're they're they have a cause for concern. Definitely concern, but not concern that they're not going to make the playoffs. They are six games up from the eight spot. Six I, I can see what, if they were twenty in, games left. That's a lot of games left. Not for six games is a lot of six games, games in NBA up, But basketball. when you're losing every game you play and Dallas is winning every game, they're not, not going to do many. that consistently I mean, for the rest of the honestly, season. Honestly, we're going to be saying with 10 games left in the season when they're four or three games back, they're right there. It's going to be a, it's going to be coming out of the wire, I think, Oklahoma City and Dallas for who's going to get that Oklahoma eight. City still has a chance to turn their season around. Big win against the Spurs tonight could do anything to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we're talking about San Antonio here. And they're 50 and 13 for a reason. So... Russell Westbrook is going to be the MVP for a reason. I don't know. I mean, he probably will be, but James Harden, I think, or Kawhi Leonard's making his last push too. If if San Antonio can overtake that one seed, which I think they will with Kevin Durant's injury, Kawhi's definitely going to be in that MVP talk. I think he's already season. in. The, he's already there. There's four guys you can talk about. It balanced out when the level of play excelled to where LeBron, Kawhi, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden are playing to right now. Let's get into a little bit of. Of NFL, let's talk about Tony Romo getting released by the Cowboys. I don't think that. Let me just—he's 36 years old. He's going to turn 37 in April. This man is one in three in the postseason. Two wins. He has two postseason wins. Well, all I'm saying is two and three, 13 seasons in the NFL. This and the 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 thing that makes me so scared that Tony Romo just—he doesn't have it anymore. 2015 broke his left collarbone. Did it again. And then he had a broken vertebrae getting tackled by Cliff Averill. I mean, this man barely went over. And, he, and he's just, he's, he's a soft, he's a gla- he's glass. We know he, he's fragile. What's your point? Th- I don't think you should take a chance. I don't think the Broncos or the Texans should take a chance so on Tony Romo. So you're saying if Tony Romo's out there and you need a quarterback, just let him just let him sit out there? You have an opportunity to develop a guy like Paxton Lynch. Trevor Simeon, I think, is going to do a way better job than Tony Romo will. In his entire career? In his, I'm talking about Tony right Romo now. was a great quarterback. He was a good quarterback, not a, a great, great quarterback. quarterback. Don't say great. He was good, not clutch at all. Never proved it. He's a good quarterback. Was Dan Marino a great quarterback? Yes, he was a great quarterback. Did, does he have a ring? That's because the was whole, he clutch? His team was never that good around him. Tony Romo had a good. When was team the last time him. Dallas Cowboys had a defense? The Dallas Cowboys had a defense when they had the Marcus Ware as they a pass one guy. presence. They have never had a dominant defense like that. Dominant, yes, but. Tony Romo had talent around him to do to make get wins, and he never was able to close the deal. Wins. He got wins. He I got can lots see of why the Texans the would take season. an opportunity on him because Brock Osweiler is terrible. But I would rather the Texans, you know, draft a guy that has got a lot of potential. You can't, you can't draft a yes, guy paying the money you are with Brock Osweiler. 
Either you go out and get Romo or you stick with Osweiler and Tom Savage. You better not be pay- paying anything for Tony Romo than if you want to get Tony Romo on your team. I mean, Romo doesn't need a lot of money. He's looking for a ring. I know he's looking for a ring, but... The Texans are one player away from being a championship team. And Romo's not that guy that's going to do it Romo is that guy. Even if he's only out there for 12 games, that's that's 9 or 10 wins. He's out there for a quarter of a preseason game and he broke his vertebrae. You don't know... Yeah, okay, that... He... Okay, the thing about Tony Romo, I know he's fragile. I know he gets injured a lot. But give the man credit when credit is due. Yeah, credit for being 2-3 and three in the postseason. I'll he give is you that. great in the NFL. Ever made it to a Super Bowl, Tony? No, he <laughs> nope. hasn't. He's had some unfortunate luck in his, in his career. But that doesn't take away from his legacy. He's not clutch. I think it proved it when they played that Seattle game back then. And then he just he whiffed on the football. He can't handle the nerves. He couldn't handle the nerves then. He's not going to handle them now. Okay. Even when you got a good if team you're like the, the Texans Broncos, with this with this defense that's going to be in its prime for another two three years, are you going to be trying to get a ring with Brock Osweiler or Tom Savage? No. I mean, no. Romo is going to be out there for a game. You might be all right. Okay, I'll give you take a chance on Tony Romo. You're not going to get anything but a loss. I think it's a waste cost. A loss, you you can say for sure. They've got they got weapons like Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller. They have a running game. They got weapons, yeah, but this man can't stay on the field for more than two games at a you, time. You don't know that. I do know that. Their offensive the past line couple is years, not terrible. I mean, what are we talking? 2014, he did something. He broke something. Do you remember that one year when they played Washington? They had a winner take all in Week 17. He couldn't play or something like that against against Philly. I think it was. Had a great game in Week 16 or something. I yeah, don't, he threw he threw a great. Couldn't play because he broke his back. He threw a great clutch touchdown pass in the Didn't last 30 matter, seconds that's to Marco Murray. his body Murray. turned fragile. It turned to broken glass. He was never the same. So you're same. saying the Texans or the Broncos shouldn't take a chance All with right, Tony Romo? I'm going to say take a chance. You're not going to get anything from it. Romo is he's, he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Never has been his career. Never has been clutch. Yeah. And you know another thing? Oh, yeah, he's fragile. I'll say it again. He's broken glass. No chance they win a Super Bowl with Tony Romo as their quarterback. No chance. No chance. I give a 0% chance this man can stay healthy. It's done for him. Brock Osweiler. Did you see the way the guy threw the football last year? Tom Savage has been Brock no... can stay on the field. Why would you want someone... I would I would rather have Tony Romo with three broken backs and a, two broken collarbones exactly. out on the field with, than Brock Osweiler. I mean, you... The man can't play football. He doesn't know how to throw a football. I've seen the guy miss route after route after route. DeAndre Hopkins is screaming down the field with his wide eyes wide. With Tom his Savage wide open, did not he play checks that it down bad. To Lamar I understand Brock was terrible, but Tom Savage does not play as bad as people Tom think. Savage is not Tony Romo. You just draft a quarterback. Dak Prescott was in the fifth round. He's a way better option than just putting Tony Romo Dak in the Prescott f- is a once, once in a 10, you 12 years type you of guy. You never know that. There's a lot of potential of QBs in this draft. A lot of potential for QBs in this draft. There's no, there's not one quarterback that could come out tomorrow and start for an NFL team. Oh, that's what they said about Dak Prescott. Look what he did. Dak Prescott it, it was Dak Prescott. They struck gold by getting Dak Prescott. There's no guy like that. It can happen again. How many times are you gonna strike gold? If you go gold digging, honestly, Robbie, how many times are you gonna dig for gold? And it's way better than digging for a broken back and broken collarbones left and right by a quarterback who's just never gonna win a Super Bowl in his life. Your ignorance aside, where do you see Tony Romo going? I mean, if you think about it, I don't really think Tony Romo should go anywhere. He's too fragile. But going back to last year, John Elway was making it a big point, and it was a big thing that Romo should go to the Denver Broncos. I mean, they're a team ready to contend for Super Bowl with that awesome defense of theirs. Uh, and Trevor Sim, I don't think they should pick. I don't think they should sign him. One reason, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch 
they're going to be better than Tony Romo in the long run, and I think they're going to be better than him next year. They don't year. want the long run, though. You got to think. They want next they year. Want I next was, my year. bad. That was a bad point. They want next year. Right. They want next year, and guess what? Trevor Simeon, he's going to be healthy for more than one game. He's going to be healthy for more than one quarter. Can't say the same thing about Tony Romo. What you're saying is is Tony absolutely. Fragile. First of all, he is going to be signed by an NFL team, whether you like it or not. There, someone is going to take a risk on him, and I believe that Denver Broncos are going to try to make a push for him because John Elway thinks, man, this guy's my next Peyton Manning. I see a ring in his future. My because next Peyton Manning? You say that again. Tony you Romo. You should not be able to speak on a podcast ever again if you say the next Peyton Manning. Romo is nowhere near Peyton Manning. I don't even care if Peyton Manning was in his last season playing as bad as he did. Romo is still not better. He's 38 years old. I mean, 36 years old, going to be on 37. What do you expect from this guy? He's already gets hit one time in the back, and he breaks his vertebrae. What I meant by saying he's like Peyton Manning, I know he doesn't have the legacy he does, but he sees an older guy like Peyton Manning coming off injuries from Indianapolis, Romo coming from Dallas, the same type of thing. A veteran quarterback to lead this defense, to lead this offense, to lead this team as a whole Romo can't to lead, a championship. Lead him to a championship. At least Manning led the Colts to a championship that's before the, he went to the, Denver. Manning was just ridiculous. He He's a leader in general. Tony Romo couldn't lead the Cowboys anywhere. I mean, he's 2-3 and three went in the playoffs. Like I say that again, really? He's never going to lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's never going to lead a team to a Super Bowl. He couldn't lead a bunch of peewee football players to a championship. That's how bad he is at leading. Wow. You heard it here, guys. If Tony Romo played peewee football, he couldn't lead it to the championship. He couldn't All right, let's put your, again, your ignorance. Your ignorance, this is just ignorance aside. The most important reason why you're wrong about this because you saying that he's gonna be not going to be signed is stupid. It's just stupid. But he shouldn't be signed. The he best be place signed. for him is the Houston Texans because of their offensive line. I know Houston Texans doesn't have a great offensive line, but it's better than Denver. Denver, over the past season, their quarterback was sacked 40 times. That's two and a half sacks per game. You're telling me Tony Romo can stand in that pocket to take 40 hits? No. Romo's a fragile guy. Yes, he's a great quarterback when he can stay on his feet, but the best ability is availability. No, 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 no. You're getting that wrong. See, with the Houston Texans last year, I know they, they gave up uh, less 32 sacks. sacks. Than the 32 Broncos. sacks. They gave up less game. sacks. But you know why they did that? It's because Brock Osweiler, if you watch the games, he'd get the ball out in two seconds. I mean, right. it, it was like a two-second play. No, out, out, out. No time. Simeon, it was terrible. No, 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 no. That wasn't because he had no time. It's because he was so just – he had to get the ball out so fast. I don't understand it. Simeon held on to the ball, and that's why he got sacked more. I think Denver's offensive line and Houston's offensive lines are both trash in every way. All right, They need to get some add some pieces before their offensive lines are good. Lamar Miller couldn't run through any holes behind that offensive line, and neither could C.J. Anderson for the Denver Broncos or Devin Booker for that matter. None of these offensive lines are fit to handle a guy like Tony Romo, who if he gets hit one time, a tap on the shoulder would break his collarbone. It's, just, it's a bad fit for both His collarbone teams. is metal-plated. Now, so he is more durable than he was in the past. More I know. Durable. I know he's getting he's up older. there. No, I know he's getting up there in age. But Romo is a great quarterback, and if you want to win a championship right great. now, you say great again. Right now, he's a great quarterback. Not great. Right now, he's if you want to win a mediocre. championship, I will go with Tony Romo over Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage. Well, well Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage, yes, but. You can draft a quarterback better than Tony Romo. I would Romo go be. with Romo over Trevor You've got to draft a quarterback if you're the Houston Texans. No. No, you're paying Brock Osweiler $72 million. You don't go out and draft a quarterback there. I know you put him on the bench last year for Tom Savage, but you go with a veteran guy, someone who Brock Osweiler can learn behind for yet again, like you did with Peyton Manning. 
Yeah, that, that worked out for Brock, didn't it? He, he played real well in Denver. Time. He did, and then he well went to Denver. Houston and went down in, Ch- in flames. And he's not going to – Tony Romo is not a good – He's he was a good quarterback. Great. Good. Great. Did he ever make it past – did he ever get to the Super Bowl? One game. No. Did he ever win an MVP? No. Did he ever accomplish his goals in Dallas? No. Why? Because he's a choker, and that's how he always was. And he's not a great quarterback because guess what? He chokes. When Romo has played in the last however many seasons, by 13, <laughs> 13, seasons, 13 seasons, he has the most comeback wins. Yeah, look where that's so got you him. to say he's not clutch, he's, he's not, not a clutch. great football he's not player, clutch at all. is just ridiculous. He has the most comeback wins. He has the highest QBR out of any quarterback ever not to win a Super Bowl. I am shocked right now that you're saying this stuff. I mean, he caused you so much hurt as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know you want him to do good. The fact of the matter is Tony Romo cannot play enough snaps anymore in the NFL before he gets taken out again. And when he gets hurt one more time, which I guarantee you, if he plays on an NFL team for one quarter, he's gone if he gets hit. All right. He's going to take one hit. I I can't stand to listen to you talk about this anymore. So let's move on to the other NFL news. Brandon Marshall signed a two-year, $12 million deal with the New York Giants. And when he was asked why he chose the Giants over other teams who offered him more money, he said they presented the best opportunity to win a champion, to be in a championship organization. Let's note that Brandon Marshall has never played in a playoff game. Robbie, how does this affect the Giants going oh forward? Oh, my gosh. The New York football Giants. You talk about dangerous next year. You got Odell Beckham on one side. You got Brandon Marshall on the other side. And Sterling Shepard on the slot. Not to mention their elite defense with JPP coming back from injury. This team, I believe, is a Super Bowl contender. Have a finger. Doesn't matter. He's still ridiculously talented. This team is very, very dangerous. If they add one running back that can just run run the ball a little bit. Adrian Peterson. And, and they can, because let me tell you something. Last year, they had a ton of offensive potential. They did not reach their potential. The most inconsistent offense I watched all year was the New York Giants. But adding Brandon Marshall will allow Odell Beckham to get free more, open more coverage for him. Sterling Shepard would be better. I mean, Victor Cruz, he just didn't have it last year. When you add a guy like Brandon Marshall who has his hands, his height, and his ability to go up there and catch a ball, this team's a Super Bowl contending team just adding him. I don't know how you can sit here and talk about Brandon Marshall so highly when he's coming off one of his worst seasons ever. All right, well, let me just... He's going to be he's gonna be 33 years old by the end of March, and I know how you are so focused on age when it comes to Romo. The man had 59 catches, three touchdowns with, on a 788 yards. I'm not focused on age when it comes to Romo. I'm focused on the fact that he's a little glass cup waiting to break, and every time he gets a little tap, it's going to break. There's the analogy of the day. See, Brandon Marshall, the reason why he wasn't good last year is because Ryan Fitzpatrick and that offense was horrible. And when you throw six picks in a game as a quarterback, you shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. Fitzy threw six picks last year. You had Bryce Petty, very inconsistent quarterback, throwing to him. Eric Decker was hurt, so he was getting doubled, covered, and he couldn't get open because that offense was so bad. I mean, they had nobody on that team. Robbie Anderson, one deep threat was getting balls, a ton chucked to him. More, He was getting more targets than Brandon Marshall because Brandon Marshall just – yeah, he was in the worst offense I think he's ever been in in his entire career. And now he's going to be in a spread offense with the New York Giants. They're going to spread the ball out. They got a ton of talent. Chicago Bears might have been worse. No, not the New York's last year. Heck no. Two th- he had 61 receptions on 721 yards. I think he got hurt that year. No, that that's his worst season yet to play. Well, I'm just saying last year. I mean, he could have got forced to the ball, and the ball wouldn't have been anywhere near him because of the quarterback's throwing the saying, ball last year. There is, there is a chance that Brandon Marshall is past his prime. 
yeah, there's a chance, but you got Odell Beckham on one side. That's way that's better than Eric Decker. Eric Decker was a fine receiver, but when you get Odell Beckham, superstar, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Sterling Shepard's a rising young superstar as well. Not, I wouldn't say superstar, but he's going to be elite soon in his NFL career. I think even his right. only in his second season. When you got those guys, and Brandon Marshall's only what 33, 34, he's still got it. I mean, he doesn't use his speed. He uses his hands and his ability to jump. He uses his ability to get up in the air and catch a ball. He doesn't need to fly by players. That's why he doesn't need – his age really doesn't matter. He's not an injury-prone player like Tony Romo, and he doesn't use his speed as much as other receivers do because he can just go up and catch it. Right. He is one of the best in the league at doing it. I'll give you that. Let's stick to the NFC East. The Redskins have decided to move on from Deshaun Jackson, and he's expected to sign today with the NFL free, NFL free agency opening up today with the Bucks. How does this help the Bucks? Oh my gosh. How does it help the Bucks? When you get a deep threat like Deshaun Jackson on that team alongside Mike Evans, it just brings so much more to the table for this team. If Jameis Winston can improve a little bit, can he progress a little bit as a quarterback, which I think he will. And you got Deshaun Jackson on one end. I mean, last year, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson's a fine receiver. Don't get me wrong. He was just way up there in age. When you got double covered every play by Mike Evans, then you got you add Deshaun Jackson to the table, who you have to put a safety over top because if you don't, he's going to blow by your first cornerback. You have to put two safeties back there because you're not going to want a single cover Mike Evans. You're not going to want a single cover Deshaun no. Jackson running the deep routes. That's two guys you have to double cover, keeping two deep safeties. That opens up so many running lanes for whoever running back they have, whether it's Doug Martin. And short dump, dump downs for eight, nine yards every play. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up everything in the middle for this team. Right. Deshaun Jackson is one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Football speed for him. He's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Him over top, if he burns his defender like he is expected to, Jameis Winston, with the arm that he has, can get the ball down to him 30, 40 yards down the field easily. And you can't forget about Cameron Bray for this team. Rising rising star last year, came into his zone, was a right. great, great tight end last year great. for this team. And the defense, very underrated defense behind Doug Cooter. Uh, the new head coach who I think brought a philosophy and a new – just a way to – it's just attitude towards football. I got you. I know what you mean. Uh, Levante David, I think, is very underrated. Great linebacker. Uh, Gerald McCoy clogging up the middle. This defense, incredibly underrated. It's going to prove a lot of doubters on this year, this Tampa Bay team, and I think is also in the hunt for a Super Bowl run. Oh, Super Bowl. I think they should have been in a hunt I for a Super Bowl run this year. I, I think didn't make the playoffs. You, you add Deshaun Jackson, I know his numbers have not been that prolific over the years, but what he does for a team, it's more than just the numbers. It opens up everything for that offense because of his deep threat ability. The NFC South could be a scary division with Atlanta playing the way they are. Carolina's going to bounce back. And New Orleans, they have one of the best offenses in the league and Drew, with Drew Brees throwing the football. So the NFC South is definitely one of the best divisions of football next year, as is the NFC East. I mean, the Redskins signed Vernon Davis to a three-year deal worth $15 million. He played in all 16 games last year. He had 14 starts, got 44 passes for 583 yards and two touchdowns. See, what Vernon Davis did for this team, I know he's out of his prime, but well, he yeah, was still a contributor to this team and is a staple, I think, going forward for this mm-hmm. offense. With the fact that Jordan Reed is injury-prone and gets hurt almost every play as well, and he's young. I mean, Tony Romo, just imagine him. You know, It's the same thing, kind of. Get off Romo. Uh, I'm okay, just leave saying, him alone. Leave the guy alone. Give him a chance. He doesn't deserve a chance anymore. He's done. Uh, Redskins, I think, is a staple to this offense. You lose guys like Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, though, in free agency. Kirk Cousins even asking for a trade. We can get into that. This team is 
is, is, is starting to implode in the offseason, especially with the loss of Sean McVay, who I don't think people understand is a huge loss going to Los Angeles Rams as a head coach. Right. That's a huge loss for this team. They're right. changing their whole identity. This core group of guys that is sitting in the front office of the Redskins might be the dumbest core group of guys that you could ever look at. I mean, they are mess, they've been messing up with Kirk Cousins, who's a very average quarterback. And so far in their very short free agency, they have signed Vernon Davis, who is past his prime, uh, your number two tight end. They let Pierre Garçon go and Deshaun Jackson I don't go. think... They're losing weapons left and right, and Kirk Cousins is now asking this dumb group of guys for a trade. Who knows how bad this Redskins team next year? Who knows if they can even get a win? I think that they can. I don't think Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson really brought a lot to the table as they could have, though. I think you got a young guy in Josh Josh Doxson coming from TCU, was a rookie last year, didn't really get an opportunity. He's going to come shine for more this year. And you could just add one, another receiver in the draft or another one in free agency. We don't under, We don't know what Washington Redskins is doing. I don't think you can make any assumptions yet on how dumb they are as a front office. I just think we have to wait and see what happens for the rest because this is a very long offseason for the NFL and every team. Okay. We wrapped up NFL free agency. We'll get back more into it as the year goes on. But right now, I don't know how we don't talk about the NCAA tournament. It's conference tournament time, and this is the most nerve-wrenching time for bubble teams. All right, let's talk about bubble teams, Robbie. I don't know about you, but uh, I know you're a huge Syracuse Orange fan. You made a little bold statement last time saying, Syracuse is going to beat North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. That didn't happen, did it? No. They lost I said 62. could. I said could. Yeah, anybody can beat anybody, but you said they would. You said that was your upset pick, and it didn't happen. They lose 62-57 to 57 against Miami. They shouldn't be in the tournament. I don't you're know. saying I mean, Syracuse is out. Syracuse is out. You're 2-11. and 11. I'm, right, Let me say something. They're 2-11 and 11 away from home. If this was a home, if, if the NCAA tournament was played on Syracuse's home court, should be a number one seed, but it's not. When you have losses to teams like UConn, terrible team this year, Boston College, 96-81. I'll say it again, Boston College. When right. have we ever heard about them being a good team? Oh, wait, they're not. Right. In St. John's, this team has no right to be in the tournament. Their resume does not stack up against the best teams in the country. Now, let me just make it clear that this guy sitting to the right of me right now, Robbie Durazio, been my best friend for many years, but every team I like... He has to hate. It's what it's what he's been raised to do. It's what he does best. He hates the teams I like. It's not so true. like he does, like he does all the time, he's gonna focus on the negative about Syracuse. They let's have talk way about, more negatives than positives. Let's talk, ooh, let's talk about how they're ten and eight in the best conference in college basketball. They're twelve is sorry about that. They're ten and eight in the best second best. The best. Second. And they also have three top ten wins. Top ten wins being Duke. UVA and Florida State. Where did they win? The, did they win those games at home? Oh yeah, yes, they, they did. They did. Okay, but as a win is a win, Robbie. A, win a loss a, is a loss. Just, yeah, I'll give and you a that. A loss is a loss against Boston College. You have no right to be in the tournament with a loss to Boston College. But they beat three top ten teams just okay, like Florida that. Florida State they're, very they're, inconsistent they're, this year. There they, is there is a certain amount of bubble teams, and with Syracuse having three top ten wins. You can't not put them in, and you can't put someone else in over them. There are only a certain amount of people allowed in this tournament. You can't just give it to everyone. And three top ten teams, three top ten teams that have been defeated by Syracuse, that's they're, a they're, definite They're not for ten, top ten teams anymore, just to let you know. But respectively at respectively, the time, Duke, UVA, and Florida State were all top were, ten. because they're preseason hype. 
Let me tell you right now, Florida State has not been able to win a lot of games on the road. Now, they have a very incredible resume with the teams they have beaten and the teams they haven't lost to, like Syracuse, who lost to Boston College 96-80. I'll say that again. Florida State's very inconsistent team, especially on the road. Then you got a team like Duke who has not reached their potential at all. I mean, at all. They, they have been so inconsistent this year. And a UVA team who's also been inconsistent with nine losses. Syracuse's wins aren't as good as you're cracking them up to be, I don't think. I mean, they have to win some games, right? They're in the they're in the ACC. They get to play they all these good teams. This year. They're a really, really good team at home, but they're not playing at home in the NCAA tournament. Right. And you there's so you said it you said it right. There's only so many teams you can put in this tournament field. And Syracuse, with their resume okay. the way it is, they shouldn't be one. Okay, so who do you put in over them? Wake Forest is one of the teams I have over them. Beating Louisville is enough to get them in. They have zero bad losses. You the committee looks at bad losses and they say Beating beating Louisville is enough to get them in. But beating Syracuse beating See, what, three top ten people isn't enough to get them in. What you're saying is, oh, yeah, Syracuse, they beat three top ten teams. They should be in. Well, look at the teams they lost to. That completely counterbalances it right there. You cannot lose. committee looks at non-conference games, and they, they look at them, and they say, this is going to decide whether or not one team gets in or not. If you have a bad non-conference schedule, you're not going to get in. That's why Kansas State's on the bubble right now. They're in the best conference. They're and, not. Yeah, they are. They're not in the ACC. And they beat Baylor, who's a top ten team right now. And they beat Dove V, who's number 11 or 12. And they beat Baylor on the road. They can actually win on the road, unlike Syracuse. And they're probably so are at least you likely saying to make it than Syracuse is. So Kansas State is in above Syracuse right now? I think they should be in above Syracuse right now. They, they've Even though they, they have lost to Oklahoma, which is a 10-20 team. And, and this, loss to Oklahoma, this loss to Oklahoma team was by 30 points, ladies and gentlemen. 30 points in a basketball game is something that you don't hear about. And this Kansas State team lost by 30 points? 30 points, guys. They've had guys. a rough patch, but it's to way Oklahoma. worse. Oklahoma at least has talent. Boston College has nobody. Long Kruger's a great head coach for Oklahoma. He's going to get those wins there. Kansas State beat Boston College, and they beat them 72-54. to Syracuse, let it be noted that Syracuse, who Robbie has above them, Wake Forest, Syracuse beat Wake Forest Oh, my gosh. It doesn't matter at all. It matters about your resume. I and think you're too worried about, oh, Syracuse. See, what, happen- See, what you're saying is Syracuse can beat let's say 10 top 10 teams in the country. But if they lose the rest of their games against horrible teams, you think they should be in? No. I don't care who you beat. If you have the losses that Syracuse has against the teams that they lost against, St. John's, UConn, and Boston College, they should not be in the tournament, hands down, not in the tournament. I don't know about that. That That is that is three top 10 Three top ten wins isn't enough, Robbie. At home. Thank God you're not in the committee. At home. Thank God you're not. Because no one would be in the tournament. You'd have about five teams in the you tournament. You can't lose again. If Syracuse beat Forget one of those teams. Forget 64 teams. You know what's a better resume? Teams. You know what's a better it, resume? Syracuse beat one of those teams. Not three. They beat one of those teams on the road. If they beat one of those teams on the road that you said. Instead of beating three of them at home, if they beat one on the road. And they never lost to South Carolina, UConn, and St. John's, and Boston College. They'd be in the tournament. But they lost against those teams on the non-conference that you can't lose against. And that's why their resume doesn't stack up against teams like like Wake Forest because they have no bad losses. And they have eight top 100 wins. To cap it up, um, about Kansas State, I think they're in if they beat Baylor tonight. It's a playing game for them. They're, so that's their first. tournament that's starts their tonight. First, correct. You can't not put them in if they beat Baylor. But if they don't beat Baylor, that's tough. That's tough to put them if in. If they don't beat Baylor, they literally have the same type of of schedule, a same type of resume as Syracuse. Now, they just have no bad lo- no losses that match up against Syracuse with the Boston 30 point loss. loss to Oklahoma. Eric Oklahoma is still a good team. They are 10 and 20. They have a, they have a young core. 
they can beat teams because they got like guys like Cam Augusty and Jordan Woodard was there when they played Kansas State, I think. Jordan Woodard, do you can you name a player as good as Jordan Woodard on Boston College? I can't name a player on Boston College. Because they're horrible. They're horrible. You lose against Boston College, no right to be in the NCAA tournament. Syracuse has no right to be in the tournament. All right. So I ask you this. What happens when we come in on Monday after Selection Sunday, which we will be doing a podcast then? What happens when they come in? What do I get when Syracuse is they won't in, the be in the tournament? What they happens be, when they are? They won't be in. What happens uh, when they are? They're, they're not going to be, so I'm not worried about it. All right. That's your opinion. And I think your opinion is god-awful, and it's very, 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 very wrong. Because you beat three top ten teams on your home court does not mean you should be in the tournament, especially when you lose against a team Syracuse has lost against. I think you're just being a biased Syracuse fan right now, and you need to get your act together. I think Syracuse is in. I think my fandom aside, Syracuse is in. I think Wake Forest will also be in. I think Kansas State, if they win tonight, they're in. Let's go through a team that I think is out. I think California, the Golden Bears are out. I also think Vanderbilt are out with their loss to Bucknell and their 20-point loss to Missouri, 7-23. You got anything else to say about the bubble teams? I think Michigan State should be in the tournament. Uh, if they win tonight against Penn State. Michigan State had a bunch of preseason hub. Hubbub. They really did. They only lost to Arizona by two points, but that was with Arizona's They're, losing. I mean, they didn't have Alonzo True when they played them, but Michigan State's a very talented team. They've beaten some good teams lately. They beat teams like Michigan, Northwestern, both tournament teams. Uh, th- this team should be in the tournament. Also, local VCU fans, I think you need to relax. I think they are for sure punched their ticket. They're 24-7, and second in the A-10, beat Dayton. I think that's enough. I think the one hope you have for Syracuse is that these bubble teams this year, like Cal, they, they're – they're just not that good. I mean, normally they're not that good, but Cal Cal is a bubble team. They lost, I don't know, twenty by twenty points against thirty points against Utah. Thirty points against Utah. Uh they've also lost to San Stanford and San Diego State. Colorado's who they've lost. It's been it's been a rough stretch for California. So Syracuse has a little bit of life, but I, I they don't think they should make it. So All right. That'll wrap up today's podcast. Remember we got conference basketball all week. We got NBA basketball all week. Keep uh, pay attention to the NFL free agency. I'm gonna sign out here. This is Brendan Miller, my co-host Robbie Durazio. Syracuse sucks.